Ray, you there? I'm here. Whoa, it's been it's been a while. It's been a few months. <laughs> just, just a few, right? I, I know on our last episode we were coming back and, and then life changes happened again. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. It just seems like you get into a routine and then everything changes on you again and yeah. That's that's aviation for you, right? It is. I don't know about you, but I've actually had a few people ask me where the where the podcast has been and, and what we've been doing and and so hopefully some folks will be excited to see a new episode. Yeah, I got that question from uh, from my mom actually. Oh yeah. Not to not to embarrass myself, but uh, <laughs> she uh, brought it up the other day saying what happened to it. So yeah, it's a it's a good thing we're getting back into it, and you know a lot has happened since um, the last episode. Yeah, it seems like we're gonna keep the trend alive until this uh, COVID pandemic is no longer a pandemic, but. Uh, a lot hey, going on with that. We, we got the vaccine coming out. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know? we'll see some uh, see some passenger confidence and and bookings and revenue and all that good stuff. Yeah, and, and it was it was definitely interesting to look at that vaccine coming out and then looking at what the airlines were saying when they were projecting cash burn, right? Yeah, and you saw almost every single airline and. When I say every single, I mean the majors. I don't look yep. at all of them because it's just not possible. But um, they actually increased how much cash they were going to be burning per day for um, Q4. And, and you know, it, it's honestly, it's not shocking, right? Uh, I thought if we had a vaccine out beginning in November, okay, by Christmas time, peak travel time, uh, revenue would be up. But unfortunately, it just it didn't happen. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think there are a lot of factors that go into that, especially with just the kind of interaction and what we're hearing from people about and still not gathering with your family and, and all of that's played a factor. But uh, Absolutely. I, I'm hoping first quarter 2021 is going to really, really shift for the better. And I, I don't know about you, but I, a lot of people have told me that they feel that that is the case, that we'll, we'll see that Absolutely. transition. And, you know, I know... At, to your point about the majors talking about cash burn, uh, a lot of that has been alleviated since this initially started. I mean, we start when we when this all started. I mean, the amount of money that was being thrown out the window was just amazing in a bad way. You know, like hundreds of millions of dollars a day yep. by these companies, yep. and to see them and, go and- from that to you know ten, fifteen million a day. It just goes to show you the, the flexibility and the, the ability to adapt by these airlines. It's just phenomenal. Absolutely. And, you know, you see American at 30 mil a day, uh, Delta at 14, Southwest, which was surprising, um, at 11 million, right? So when I think of, of Delta at 14, you know, I, I think, oh, Southwest, they'll probably be at, you know, maybe four, five, eight million a day. Right. And, right. and meanwhile, they're at 11 million. Um, but that just goes to show you Southwest, uh, a lot of people don't consider a major in, in that sense. But truly, uh, if there's one company that should be in that top three or, you know, maybe we say it's a top four now, it's right. Delta, United, American, Southwest. Um, I would agree I mean, with that. Yeah. Right. And, and it, it's just crazy the amount of money being spent. And, and in the next 90 days, I did some math. 
I try not to nerd out too much. Um, but they're spending $6.3 billion in the next 90 days, um, basically on just keeping people employed and paying the bills. Yeah. Um, that's money that could have gone towards other things. And, and when you look at the economy, that's, not, that's money that's not being spent on capital improvements. It's not being spent on um, uh, improvements at, at airports, at the corporate headquarters, yeah. et cetera. It's just to pay the bills. So right. it, it's definitely interesting, and, and I think you're 100% right. Um, Q1 2021, uh, I think, is when we're going to see it go from a negative to a spike, um, spike upwards towards zero cash burn, and, and hopefully into the positive. So staying on that topic, what's your opinion on when we'll see kind of that growth initiate again for their lines because when we look at the last couple of years i mean just the the amount of effort that and Mm -hmm. capital expenditures that were going on for the airlines was through the roof and and that followed the economy with the boom in the in the economy the boom for the airlines and uh i know i feel and i'm pretty conservative on this number that we won't see that until maybe 2023 like uh so at that point, when, when you say thing. when you say capex, we're talking about you know the massive improvements that we've seen the airlines do over the last three, four, five years. Correct. And, yeah. and when I look at that, I say um, I, I think it'll be sooner for certain airlines, and, yep. and it'll be later for others. Right? Uh, American Airlines has the youngest fleet out of any airline in the United States, with right. the exception of I think one little airline. Um, and that's because they're brand new and they're they're getting brand new airplanes. Right. Um, so they're not going to need to do that CapEx. Um, but I think there are other ones that have some of the oldest aircraft in their fleet that were just getting started at the end of 2019, early 2020 on modernizing their fleets. And, and of course, the, the one big one that comes to mind right away is Delta, right? They, they were going through a massive project and and retiring older aircraft, you know, the, the aircraft mm-hmm. that everybody loves, the mad dog, yep. the, the other ones were, were being shuttered away. And, and you saw them accelerate that super fast and then yep. delay deliveries, et cetera. So I think you'll see Delta accelerate that um, probably, like you said, 20, end of right. 2022, 2023. Yeah, I think, you know, when I say that, I was kind of using a, a general average because i agree i think you're going to see you know to your point some of these other airlines speed up and and use this as a strategic advantage uh, yep. to as we come out of this pandemic they're going to start trying to make those improvements because you know the case of american i'm sure they've already got the aircraft so now let's focus on our hubs and our airports and and get those where we want them exactly different lounges and all that kind of stuff because that had been a focus of Delta's was, well, let's get our, our lounges, our sky clubs in a place where, um, you know, they're where people want to stay and they want to hang around while they're in the airport. And, and to your point, then shifted to, okay, retiring mad dogs, bring in the A220, different airframes. So uh, I think it'll be interesting. And, and just to see how long that recovery takes and, you know, how quickly that, that gap, that last little gap, you know, that 14 11 million dollars a day, how quickly that decreases over the next 90 days or so. Well, and the the other part with that is you look at the route 
structure, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or the, the roots that are being expanded and made smaller and where certain airlines are pulling out of. And, and you can look at that and say, uh, who, what countries are going to be the first to be vaccinated, right? Obviously, you're... Your first world countries, uh, I hate to say that, but they're going to receive the vaccine first innately because, A, they have the distribution network. They have all of that stuff already built in. So you're going to see England, France, U.S., uh, clearly because we're the ones that developed the one vaccine, Um, Canada, getting that vaccine first. But those more lucrative routes to Europe, to India, to South America to Asia, uh, I don't think you're going to see those recover as fast as you're going to see domestic travel. So I think there's one or two big winners, and that is Southwest is going to be a winner right off the bat. That's who I see as seeing a huge boost. I think they're going to hit zero faster than any other airline um, because of their domestic network. And you look at the airports and and how they're expanding their network and now hitting some of those larger airports, like in Mm -hmm. Chicago, Mm -hmm. like in Texas, Um, they're now going to airports that previously they didn't operate to because that wasn't their business model. But they're at such a point where now they can operate from there and still maintain that low cost and their core ethos. So it's definitely interesting. Yeah, and I like that, and I think this will transition into our next topic uh, probably pretty easily here in a little bit, but the fact that they have so many orders for the 737 MAX, and now that they that grounding has been lifted, and they're going to have the ability to, to mm-hmm. get those aircraft certified and, and get their pilots up and trained, I think you're going to see a huge boost from the efficiency of that aircraft, uh, and once they actually do get it flying uh, stateside, that that's going to make a huge difference in their well, overall... And they have, I can't remember the exact number, but I read it the other day, about 35 737 Maxes on order to be delivered um, in the next year or so. And you look at what they did, right? So a few months ago, it came out, it was a small news article, not a lot of people carried it, but they're leasing 16 of those 737 Maxes to other operators, and isn't that brilliant, right? So you have an airline that's getting all these assets where passenger traffic is low and they're saying, you know what, let's lease it out. Let's right. make some cash from that. But let's also take what we think our capacity is and start using it. And I haven't seen any of the other airlines do that. They may have leased them out, but a lot of them are parking them or selling them. Whereas Southwest, I could see them doing a two, three-year lease and right. then... Once that traffic is back at the height, hey, we got an airplane coming off lease, bring it back into the fleet. Let's use it to bump our numbers up. So it was right. smart. Yeah, I think that's I think that's an amazing uh, game plan for Southwest. And, and I think all the airlines have shown that kind of... Uh, Strategic thinking, right? Right, yes. You know, that tactical planning, because when, when you look at at the different airlines, you know, whether that's retiring air, you know, specific fleets earlier, um, you know, et cetera. I mean, they're, you're just seeing that everywhere. And I think that's, that's, that's good for the industry. I think it's getting smarter, more agile. And I know there's a lot of plans, you know, you see change fees are 
practically non-existent now. So different different types of approaches to to getting the in my mind the American public flying, and then like you said, those other countries that are going to get the vaccine or like get get those folks flying again. So, um, but yeah, it's, well, and, and you know, some people say, well, the seven thirty seven Max is already parked, right? All of these airlines have parked the max for, I think you looked it up right before this call, 20 months, which has flown by in my mind. But for 20 months, the 737 max has been sitting there. And people are saying, well, just leave it parked. Why why are you bringing the 737 max out of being parked and putting other planes to be parked? And I think there's one, one reason, right? And it's chasm. It's your cost to operate that. And and chasm is cost per available seat mile for for folks that are not in the industry. Um, The Boeing 737 MAX is the most efficient 737 aircraft out there. But you could fly, and we've talked about this a long time ago, Mm -hmm. you can fly two 737 MAXs for less than it costs to fly an A380. And that's with the same amount of passengers and everything. Yep. So there is a reason to operate the MAX and, and park other airplanes. And that's why the airlines are doing it. Well, and I also, I think another thing that airlines are focusing on is the customer experience. To be honest with you, I don't want to fly on a 380. Just, no. just to get on that airplane and the amount of people that it's loading. Like, I, I'll tell you, I wouldn't mind... Like one of the first class suites on an A380. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm I'm not flying to um, Asia or the Middle East or to right. Europe anytime soon on an A380. Yeah, and, exactly. And honestly, I'd probably shy away from that ticket and pay a few dollars more not to be on it. <laughs> right. So, and I think I think that's important too when we talk about this overall tactical planning, strategic planning is you know certain airlines are are, are making it evident that that is their goal is to take the customer's reaction and feedback uh, to heart and to make sure that it's the best experience possible during this time. So um, I I think there's a lot of good things happening and some that may not be so great, but I I do think there's a lot better things happening than than bad things happening. Yeah. And especially I think the 737 max coming back is one of those good things. Like, to your point, I mean, why should we let brand new aircraft sit when they've been approved? The changes have been made. Um, I don't know. I, I just think. Well, and there there are some people out there that will um, say that the 737 Max should never be flown again. That it's not a, a safe airframe. Um, and to to them, I say, you know, every technological advance, every aircraft has had incidents and, and that is in no way an excuse for what happened and, right. and, and um the boeing is being held accountable for what occurred with that airframe but um that airframe is uh, a reliable aircraft in the mind of the regulators um mm-hmm. they've said that the changes that are made have um removed that incident uh, instance from occurring again Right. And hopefully we never see uh, what occurred there. But um, I, I don't think you can say we shouldn't fly it because and 
aircraft accident occurred with that aircraft. Yeah. Um, because if yeah. that's what we said, we, we would never have an advance in aviation. Or we uh, wouldn't fly ever again. Honestly. I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, well, the, and it's the same with cars, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have a recall on a car for an airbag issue. Um, they don't pull all those cars off and destroy them all and say, you know, we're never going to make another F-150 again. Yeah. Sorry to pick on Ford, but. Well, to that point, I mean, you have those recalls, they fix the issue. And then guess what? You're driving that vehicle, you know. Exactly. So it, it, that's where I'm at is, is yes, what happened was tragic. And, you know, at the time you and I, put out our condolences specifically for the, for the 737 max and, and, you know, but I also believe it's made the industry better because that's something that we've always talked about is taking the time to really understand what happened and, you know, to the benefit of those that are, are working through these issues. So, um, yeah, so you would never leave, you would never leave something grounded forever. So, Exactly. And, and to that point, uh, we've already had passengers fly on 737 MAX. Yeah. Uh, you know? yeah. And, and so. it's a surprising who flew on it. Who flew that airplane too? Right, yeah. So Gaul uh, had the first passenger passenger flight with 737 uh, MAX 8. Um, so pretty cool. The, the trip yeah. lasted roughly an hour and 15 minutes. And uh, everything went smooth. So, And, and, and you know, I, I think... All of the airlines are taking the actions that they need to do to show that they have confidence in the aircraft. Um, mm-hmm. From the the flights that the executives have gone on with employees from from the companies you saw, American Airlines did that. I'm sure the other airlines are doing the same thing. Um, and, and it's kind of gotten a little pushed to the back in the media spotlight. It's not really a big issue with COVID right now, right. but. I think all those actions that those companies are taking, all the videos that they're making on the safety, it, it all has an impact in consumer confidence and the, the flying public. And yeah. I think you're seeing that as well. And, you know, Gaul, specifically Gaul, because I'm reading, looking at the article right now, are making it available that you can exchange your tickets if you don't want to fly on 737 MAX. So. They're doing everything they can to make you comfortable. And I think at the point, to your point, that it's not taking the spotlight, this reintroduction period occurs uh, along with everything else that's going on with COVID. Um, they're going to be, it's going to be the norm again, yep. flying these aircraft. So, um, well, and it's a perfect time for it to be reintroduced, right? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I'm not saying COVID is good, but for, for all intents and purposes, they're reintroducing an air, aircraft at a time where we're not seeing flights at 100% occupancy or load factor right. um, for the airline geeks out there. We're seeing load factor at 50 40%. So what better time to say, hey, you don't want to fly it? Don't worry about it. Let's switch to another flight where it's not a 737 MAX, which I think was what gold did was perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, they've done done a fantastic job, and and kudos to them for for a successful flight, and and uh, yeah, I, I'm excited that we might get to a point where we're not talking about the Max on every single episode. So <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, you know, that's been a theme since um, we started this podcast. Yeah, 
one of our first episodes was not on the crashes, but it was actually on the 737 MAX and why it was, you know, a great new aircraft coming in, how it's going to crush all these other aircraft. Yeah. And then everything else happened and we had to talk about it, you know. Continuously. Yeah. So, no, it's it's great. And I think there's a new airplane we could talk about. Um, It's not electric, but... It is a quote-unquote energy-efficient airplane, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually powered by hydrogen. I never thought I'd see a hydrogen airplane, um, Me but I think it's I think it's pretty cool that you could stand behind the engine and and get a drink. Right, you could open your mouth and some of that water could. I don't know if you'd want to drink that because I, I think the EPA would have a problem with but... that. The EPA might have a problem with that, but yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I think that's pretty cool, and I think it's called Zero Avia. That sounds right. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, the fact that, and you and I have talked about this, you know, prior to to recording was the fact that it already works on things that are already established like wind farms and, and, you know, things of that nature. So the system's already there. It's just a point of introducing their particular generator that they use and, and, and that sort of thing. So, so the actual system is there, which I think you made this point uh, when we were talking previously was, you know, we don't have these huge batteries that we're looking at having to get rid of down the line. Um, so I'm all for it. I think it makes the most sense using natural resources that, that are renewable. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and for all of you guys out there, zero, just like how you would spell zero, A-V-I-A.com. So check it out. Um, really cool. Um you know, basically, it's a little generator instead of a fuel farm that you probably have set up at your airport, and you'd go up to it just like anything else and uh, put the hydrogen into your airplane. Um, they're looking at—I think they did test flights on a Cessna or a Piper or something. Sorry, I haven't read the article that in depth. Uh, it looks like a Pilatus is what they used um, for the test flight. Mm-hmm. But it, they're looking at aircraft ten to twenty people, and they're claiming that it'll reduce costs for fuel by 75%, but overall, including maintenance and operating, up to 50%. Yeah, with a 300 to 500 mile uh, zero emissions yeah. flight. I mean, that's, that's amazing. I think that's incredible. I, I really do think that, you know, this is, this is the future. I, I don't necessarily feel like electric is the future for everything i do think that there is a space for it and i think that that's going to continue to be developed but i i think this has grounds to be the focus of aviation well and and i think there's two different issues right some people look at it from a environmental issue some people look at it from a cost issue i like looking at it kind of a mix of both issues of course i'm using my hands to explain what i'm doing but you guys are listening so you can't see my hands so uh, I think there's a point where you have to say, let's let's factor in the batteries and how much those batteries weigh. And are we ever going to actually be able to power a aircraft the size of a Boeing 737 
with lithium ion batteries or any other battery tech without causing such a massive weight restraint. It's not yeah. even funny. Yeah. But with hydrogen, you're basically just swapping out the engine config and you're using the existing tanks for hydrogen. Right. Now, of right. course, you're going to have to do mods and everything, but you know, you're know you not adding all that extra weight. Yeah, I think that would lead, uh, to your point, speed to market. I mean, the fact that you're going to have to outfit the aircraft with these power plants and the modifications to the fuel tanks. Um, if it's, I won't say plug and play because it's not accurate here, but essentially plug and play you get to change yep. out two parts of the aircraft and you can fly using hydrogen i think that's huge i think to your point you know these developers like boeing and airbus uh i'm, I'm sure they're probably already in this space yeah. learning yeah, right. about it but you know i think it's going to be pretty interesting to see that that especially the zero avia has such the traction that it does you know the investors and those that are that are helping spur this along um have ties well, to the airline industry and, and everything else so and and that's why you know we've seen a lot of these other com companies pop up right and, and i always look at them and you've looked at them and, and you know they've got all these engineers and I'm, i i love engineers engineers are great but oftentimes they don't have that perspective from the airline world or from the actual um, operating sense. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff that I think is incredible on the engineering side. But this team, like you said, they have people from um, CEOs of airlines that are, are on their board. They have advisory board. They have people that just the experience is overwhelming. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it's interesting. And who doesn't want to support a company that has Jamie Heineman? on the board so that's pretty cool yeah for those of you who don't know he's founder and co-host of beth busters so i mean yeah. that that's pretty cool you know uh someone like that get that kind of visibility so um yeah i just it's a cool idea overall man so it, it'll definitely be interesting the aircraft they're looking at 10 to 20 people 500 miles or less I got to tell you, 500 miles or less, that is the regional market right there. Exactly. And if if you can reduce costs by 50%, wow. That would change the entire regional game, especially for, from us from a domestic standpoint, let, let alone European countries and, and those of that, that nature, but specifically domestic. Uh, I, would, I would see that being... A fierce market and we'll see a lot of development in it in the coming yeah. years so but anyway so i definitely think there's some cool advancements going on yeah absolutely it's good to end on a good note something to look forward absolutely. to right. yeah instead of talking about covid i mean honestly i think we had today we we laid out some really good news like i've i'm super excited to talk about the max coming back zero avia you know it feels like we are seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, especially with the vaccine. Yes. And I think spirits are, are a little brighter than, you know, where they were a few months ago. And, and it's like when you're on a roller coaster, right? And you're yeah. about to hit that top and it's, it's holding you back from going over that, 
that top curve mm-hmm. when when that vaccine starts coming out to the general public that is when or the industry is going to take off again all puns intended and and, and to kind of end on that note just you know I know people are, are itching to see their family and travel again. You know, this this year has been one that that will go down in the record books as as a, one of the hardest years, and I think a lot of people are going to be itching to get their travel on, get their adventure on, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I hope to join those folks as well. So. Absolutely, and, and Ray, it was great uh, recording the podcast with you this week, and. and you know, we, we got to start doing this uh, probably every other week with all the news that's going to be coming out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So be be looking out for that. You know, if you want to get more insight to us, you know, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Class Bravo Podcast. And you can find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you, you want to stream, you can listen to us. Absolutely. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help, and we appreciate it. Blues guys. See y'all. And before we sign off, please remember that everything that Ray and I said is our own opinion and does not reflect on our companies. Have a good one.